Welcome to the Enlightened Practice Podcast, brought to you by the Luminello Electronic Medical Record folks. Here are your hosts, Dr. Ken Braslow and Dr. Carrie Kagan. Hi, Carrie. Welcome back. Hi, Ken. Thank you. We're going to talk about subletting today and the pros and cons of starting out with subletting a colleague's office instead of signing your own lease. And this is an important uh, decision point for new grads because there's a lot on the line if you're signing a lease and subletting can relieve some of that burden, but then it also presents its own set of issues. So thought we would give a forum to uh, think this through. So I'm curious, uh, when, when I started, I did not sign my own lease. I subletted. And I'm curious if that was your approach or what your past yeah. history is with it. Yep. I did a sublet too in my first few years um, out of grad school and when I was first getting started in private practice. Um, I think, yeah, one of the pros of, of doing it, especially early on, but probably anytime you're just getting started in private practice, um, is just that it's, it's, uh, um, you know, a quicker and more flexible option. So, you know, if you're um, subletting from someone, the hope is that it's already furnished, that um, they've already taken care of all the details of the lease. And really, all you have to do is show up and sit in the chair and do the work. And there's something about that that's really um, relieving when you're first getting started to not have to worry about the burden of the place you're renting and just get to focus on the clinical work. That's that was what felt like a priority to me. And that shifted a little bit over time. But in the beginning, I was very grateful that I can just easily slip in to an office and didn't have to give it much thought. That was one of the advantages early on. What about for you? Yeah, I wanted to make sure the part of town that I set up practice was going to be a good fit for commuting and my own life. And then also, was it optimal for my patients? So subletting relieves a really big burden at the beginning with commitment to a particular location. And you don't even know, sometimes the location you know is fine, but the particular office is hard to know. I remember subletting one office where I thought it was great was in session with my first patient. And then I heard a very loud toilet flush. And <laughs> we both kind of looked at each other um, and then went on with the work. But, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing where if you've signed a long-term lease and you didn't know that that was going to happen, you'd be potentially pretty disappointed. And not that subletting doesn't require um, an agreement, but it's, often not nearly as long as uh, what a commercial lease would require. How long were your sublet agreements for, do you remember? Roughly? Actually, mine were all month to month. So there was a lot of flexibility there. Um, and I'm pretty sure actually, at least in the Bay Area, that was consistent across the board that a lot of people had a month to month agreement for their sub leasers. Um, and yeah, and I know for people who rent, who are the, yeah, who decide to rent the actual office space, usually um, one-year lease agreements were even rare. Sometimes it was three to five-year lease agreements if you were going to be the, mm-hmm. you know, on the on the lease, which is a 
big commitment for early on in private practice, I think. Yeah. The other thing that I really liked about the sublet at the beginning was I actually wanted to test out two different parts of town and signing one lease is stressful. <laughs> signing two is just a non-starter for, for most folks. Plus, even if I knew for sure I loved both offices, if I weren't going to be in there full time, obviously you can't be in two places at once, then do you want to take on the role of being a landlord, if you will, and yeah. making sure that you have subletters backfill the days you're not in the office you're leasing? So it also just allowed me to be flexible and plug and play with my days. Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side, yeah. <laughs> then you are beholden to your uh, the person who holds the lease. They get first uh, right of first refusal for which days they and times they want to be in there. And sometimes that gets frustrating as your practice grows, and you really want to be able to. I remember asking uh, the person I was subletting from. Um, I had Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and he had Tuesday, Thursdays, and I asked if there was any flexibility in that. And he said, no, absolutely not. This is why I set this up this way. I only want Tuesdays and Thursdays for the rest of my career. And I thought, yeah. okay, well, I guess I'm not going to have Tuesdays or yeah. for, unless I have my own office somewhere else. So that would be downside. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that downside. Um, it, it can be tricky to try to fit in clients into a very narrow window. And it could also make it a little bit harder actually to find an office space in the beginning because you have to actually find someone that has enough flexibility um, to accommodate the schedule you're hoping for, um, which, you know, can be hard to find. Um, so I would say that's a major downside as well as just, you know, not having control over the office space at all. So whatever. I mean, some, some nice landlords, if you will, might include you in like the decor decoration process and all that. But usually in my experience, the office was already established and it was their style. And if it works for you, it works for you. And if it doesn't, then you're kind of stuck with whatever they have in terms of office decor and the therapist chair and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and that's, that's definitely a downside to, to lose control there. Um, Very important to sit in the chair. Yes. When you're testing it out. Uh, yeah. I, I remember in one office, they had this the kind of standard therapist chair that has a head rest mm -hmm. that kind of pushes your head forward a little bit as if you're flying on an airplane. And um, <laughs> I was not feeling it <laughs> just yes. because of the chair, even though it was a nice office, but what was I going to do? Bring my own chair uh, right. with me each time. It's just not realistic. Yeah. And, you know, you have to think about what, as you're marketing your practice, what does the decor say about you, your brand? If there's floral furniture with plastic on the cushions, uh, <laughs> you know, is that <laughs> the, yeah. uh, what you want to uh, market yourself as yeah. um, so that would be a concern. And the other thing back to just on the business side of things, what if you only have Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you have a patient who says, well, I can only meet Tuesdays. Um, so that is one significant disadvantage of the whole concept of subletting is that if you want full uh, maximum availability, then you, you 
probably want to just go ahead and lease your own office. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. If you're planning to have a full schedule five days a week, it, it might make sense to take on your own office. Um, yeah, another another disadvantage or downside to subletting is that you don't necessarily, I guess it depends on the situation, but many times you don't have your own space in the office to keep things there, to store things there. So that was often the case in my experience that I could maybe leave an item or two, but not like bring my whole library of books, for example. Yeah. And so um, I would, you know, I wouldn't, I would often feel like I'm shuffling back and forth between the office and home and having to like drag books with me if I wanted to use a certain book with a, with a client um, or I would find myself in a position where I didn't have a book that I wanted in the middle of a session. Um, and so that was, that was a downside, not huge. It was inconvenient, but, um, you know, it's just another part of it, not being totally your own. Yeah. Similar. Let's say you want a printer in the office, but there isn't one, you're not going to bring in your own printer. Uh, what if their desk is messy and yeah. you don't want a, de- a desk or a messy desk? Um, you're going with their Wi-Fi speed. So hopefully it's not an issue, but uh, if they have DSL, uh, you're kind of locked yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, in terms of signing a long-term lease, um, you know, that has its pros and cons. Um, sometimes you can get a building owner for a longer lease to do a build out for you or customize an office space that's more uh, therapist friendly. Uh, I was lucky enough to have that. Um, but you do need to allow uh, sometimes months for construction to be done Yeah. Uh, in the first place. And you can expect a pretty hefty long term lease if they're going to do that for you. Yeah, that and that is an advantage for sure. Like you get to have your own space, not only if in like the decor, but also the actual physical space you can make work for you. Um, I've known people who created a waiting room, for example, when it was just one big room otherwise. Um, so that's definitely an advantage. And also just depending on what your practice setup is. So if you... Um, if you have a group practice with multiple providers in it already, it might make sense to, to go ahead and get your own lease um, because you know you already have the people <laughs> to take up the office space as opposed to if you're just one person getting started. It's a little bit riskier, I think, to take on a big, um, either just your own office space or an office space that has multiple suites or office options oh, yeah. and needing to sublet. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. You, you brought up waiting room also. I will say I uh, rented one office that did not have a waiting room. And so I was the primary leaseholder on the office, but um, a bunch of us rented a small office in the same hallway. And so I was a subletter on the waiting room, even though Interesting. I rented the office. Yeah. There's lots of creative options. Yeah. I mean, the alternative was to have patients just standing outside the office. And yeah. Uh, yeah. that's not necessarily ideal. 
Right. Uh, again, you have to think about your brand and what are you going to put on your website? What are you going to tell people? Um, I've seen therapists just put a chair outside of mm -hmm. an office. Uh, yeah. You know, pros and cons of that. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say in general, uh, regardless, uh, you should always have renter's insurance. Um, mm -hmm. Just never know. And uh, gen general liability insurance. Sometimes that's included with malpractice. Sometimes it's its own separate policy. If you're a primary leaseholder, they are more often than not, not thrilled about uh, malpractice policies coverage. Um, they sometimes will insist on your own separate liability policy that names the landlord in the liability policy as well. So that way, if somebody right. slips on a banana peel in your office, uh, both of you are covered, uh, yeah. the landlord and you. And um, leasing your own office, also in more expense with you're typically covering the internet, um, cleaning, um, mm -hmm. trash, those kinds of things, usually as a sublet, that's all included. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I think the uh, the advice that I was given and probably depending on the situation, but if we're really thinking about an individual person who's just getting started in private practice, I, I do think, I guess it depends on your priorities. The advice that was given to me was that it's it makes sense or it's safest or less risky to um, start with subletting for all the advantages that it has. It's cheaper. It's, you know, the, you got to try out different locations. It's easier to end it if something isn't working out or if you're not getting the clients that you were thinking you would. Um, and then it's also, you know, pretty easy from there if it's all working out to then transition into your own office space. So um, I think for a lot of reasons, the advantages outweigh the disadvantages. Although, you know, I, I, I think it depends on the situation too. And the disadvantages are real. You know, I really like that point of thinking uh, short-term and long-term. You can always find a long-term lease a month later or six months later if it's not working out. Yeah. Or you just want to switch gears, but it's hard to get out of a long-term lease uh, if you start out yeah. with one. And so I, uh, I think two thumbs up then for subletting to start out and in spite of its uh, limitations. Okay. Well, great, Carrie. Thanks for uh, thinking about this uh, today and um, look forward to chatting again soon. Yeah, me too. Bye. Bye. If you liked today's podcast and want to hear more, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And if you have a question you'd like to be discussed on a future podcast, send it to enlightenedpractice at luminello.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.